Hello and welcome all. I pray that you are all doing well today. Thank you so much for tuning into The Way, Episode 5. Today the topic is truth. So I'm just going to jump right into it. The truth we're talking about today is the Word of God. And there are so many examples in the Bible that solidify this fact. Um, but I think at, at, uh, at some point in every person's life, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, you're kind of figuring things out, um, we've questioned the validity of the Bible. Not because we know better than God, but because we are human and we question every single thing. Because we may have a t- hard time trusting certain people or pretty much trusting everything. Um, we just tend to question everything, even the Bible. And the Bible has so many amazing stories um, about events that we've never seen before, miracles that we can't even process with our human minds. Um, But because we know that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and can do all things, it would be foolish of us to think that none of these things have ever happened or could ever happen on this earth. So because of that, we know that the Word of God is true. And if, uh, if we want to look at it, there's, uh, I can give you an example, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth, and all your righteous judgments endure forever. That was by King David. And in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we know that the word of God is true. Everything that is in his Bible, everything that is in his word is the truth. But we also know that Jesus Christ is the truth. And Jesus Christ is also the word. So this sounds like a lot, and it kind of sounds just a lot of conjumbled stuff, but we're going to break it down for all of us to digest, and that is including myself. So first off, I want to look at the definition of truth. The definition of truth, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the body of real things, events, or facts, fidelity or faithfulness to an original or standard. It is actuality or things that are. So from this definition alone, it matches what it says about the Word of God. The Word of God contains a body of real things, events, or facts. It is faithful to the original standard, who is Jesus Christ, a.k.a. the living Word, a.k.a. the way, the truth, and the light. And the Word of God is actuality. The Word of God is, is things that are. The Word of God, Jesus, is the I am that I am. And I can also trust that the word of God is true because in John 1 verse 1 it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So basically, in the beginning was the word, both the spoken word and who Jesus is, and the word was with God. So Jesus' physical presence, who is the word, was with God. And the word was God, meaning Jesus is also God. And then it continues in verse 14 saying, The word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
So not only is Jesus the word who was there in the beginning, who was with God in the beginning, and who is God, but it also says right there that Jesus is the embodiment of grace and truth. So the question is, what does truth do? Now, truth does a lot of things as I was researching this and uh, going through the Bible. But one of the things I want to talk about is that truth sets us free. It sets us free from sin, guilt, and shame. And truth sets us free from the lies and the mindset that the devil wants us to have. In John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking to the Jews And he is telling them, he says, if you continue in my word, so if you obey my word, you really are my disciples. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And you wonder, free from what exactly? So we talked about sin, guilt, and shame. But uh, let's, let's break it down a little bit. Let's talk about how we can become free from detrimental thought patterns and from trying to be perfectionists. So in order to be free, we have to be sanctified. We have to be made righteous. And Jesus himself prays that for us in John 17, verse 17. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So if we want to break down to get a full grasp of what sanctification means, It means to be made holy. And in order to be made holy, it means that you are being made like God. And if God is holy, that means that we are to be set apart, to be completely other or dedicated to God, who is also righteous. And if we want to talk about righteousness, when we are righteous, that means that we are right with God. That means we are free from guilt and shame. That does not mean that we are perfect and that we make no mistakes, but it just means that because of who Jesus is, we are covered by his grace. And when we accept him and his grace, we do not continue in the same way that we were going when we ask for forgiveness. We make a full 180. We repent and turn the other way. And instead of receiving the full penalty for our sins, we receive life. We receive love, and he gives us the grace to keep moving forward in his path. So basically, we become set free by the truth, by accepting the truth. And the truth is that God has given us grace. He has given us grace, and because of that, we can be made righteous, and we can be sanctified, which means we are set apart for God. And I know this sounds kind of conjumbled and discombobulated, but in reality, in order for us to be set free, all we have to do is accept who Jesus Christ is, which is the truth and the word. And it sounds like this should be, I mean, technically an easy concept, right? Except Jesus, we're free from guilt and sin. That's it. We're all good. Um, But execution is difficult and that is because we are sinful creatures we are human our natural mindset is to sin and if we go to Romans chapter 7 
we'll see Paul who's talking about his struggle with sin and I'm sure it sounds like a lot of us if we look in verse 18 he says and I know that nothing good lives in me that is my sinful nature because we were born into sin I want to do what is right but I can't I want to do what is good but I don't I don't want to do what is wrong but I do it anyway But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. So we have this battle back and forth in our minds, in our flesh, to do what is wrong. Because it is what is easy to us. It is what comes natural to us. We are born into that. And if you want to think of some examples, that would be like, let's say you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And maybe you got caught doing something that you shouldn't have been doing. So first off, not only is is it the, the act that you just did, but sin is also that lie that comes to the forefront of your mind that you are ready to spit out instead of admitting that you were wrong. Because not only do you not want to be caught, but your pride is keeping you from admitting that. Another example would be if you want to go, let's say you see... Um, Okay, so when I was a when I was eight eight years old, I hope my mom doesn't hear this. When I was eight years old, <laughs> I went to Walmart and there was this lip gloss I really wanted it. I really wanted, and it was because all the other girls in third grade had lip gloss, and I'm Haitian, and my mom would not let my lips be all shiny and plump because she didn't want no boys looking at me. But I had to have this lip gloss, and I couldn't ask her for it, or I thought I couldn't ask her for it. So instead of asking, or even um, instead of asking for money, I chose to steal it. And um, I wasn't patient. I didn't ask for what I wanted. But that right there is a sin. It's just the automatic reaction of going to do something other, as opposed to knowing what is right and what I could do right, and choosing to do the other instead to get what I want. It's manipulation. It's deception. It is of the devil, and it leads to death. And we see this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, where it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know that if our natural sinful nature leads us to death, then obviously, if we choose to follow the truth, which is the word of God, and the word of God, who is Jesus, then that will give us life. Now, walking in truth also isn't easy because it convicts us of our sin. And when you're convicted, it requires action. So when I say convicted, I'm talking about when you sit there and you're reading the word of God, and you're like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. And then you read something and you're like, dang, that's not for me. That's for my husband right there. First off. More than likely, that is also for you. You guys are one flesh. Second off, when you read the Bible, it reads you. So obviously you feel something that needs to change. And when something needs to change, it's hard. When you have to change, it's not something that happens overnight. It takes a lot of work. And that's what the word of God does. It convicts you. It convicts you, which requires action. And when you have to act, that means you have to obey the word of God. And naturally, we don't want to do that, as Paul says. Or we try to do it, but then we end up doing the opposite. But you know that you cannot stay the same if you know what God says you should do. 
if you know who God says you are, who um, who God says you are, you will start to become that. If you try to live two lives, you'll be conflicted. The old you needs to die, and the new you needs to thrive. But our sinful nature keeps us from doing that. The question is, how do we disobey the sinful nature and go to the truth so that we're not led into more death? Well, number one, that would be by his spirit. So John 16, in verse 13, it says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. So in order to be guided into the truth, you have to accept the truth, which is Jesus Christ, who is the word. And once you accept Jesus Christ, he sends his Holy Spirit to live within you. And that Holy Spirit is not only a counselor or an encourager, as we've spoken about in past podcasts, but he is also a spirit of truth. So there's nothing that the Holy Spirit isn't going to convict in you or isn't going to reveal in you that is a lie. Number two would be to cast your burdens onto the Lord. If we go to Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for yourselves. And I feel like that is that is so encouraging. That means that I don't have to struggle by following every single rule in order for me to find rest in God, in order for me to walk by the truth, to walk in his way. That means that when I depend on him and his strength, when I take up his yoke, which is easy, then I, I can rest and he will take it all away from me. He'll take that anguish. He'll take those burdens, those hurts, everything that you feel in your heart. In your heart, he will take it, and he will find. He will give you rest. And number three is to resist the devil. So, First Peter five verse eight to ten says, "Be serious. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, and be firm in the faith." knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Now the God of all grace, who called you to his his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little. So, I mean, obviously, um, the first four words says, be serious, be alert. We have to basically, you know, not let our guard down. Because we know that the devil is walking around just looking for something. Just looking for any type of reason that he can deceive you. So that he can pervert something in your mind. Whether he's, he, he may even be trying to pervert the word of God. Maybe you read a verse the other day and you don't you know, memorize it completely the way you thought. And he's just twisting it up in your mind to make it easier for you to fall into the lies and deceptions that, that he needs you to walk in. But it also says, resist him and be firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. So that means that I'm not alone. I am not the only one going through this. Other people are going through this all over the world. People who don't have 
the same culture, people who don't speak the same language, people in different socioeconomic circles, people who probably have never even heard of the city that I live in. But if they know who Jesus is, and if they are living on this earth as a human, they are suffering just as I am. And just like them, I can call on Christ Jesus and he will personally come down and save me. My own personal Superman. He will restore me, establish me, means making me firm, strengthen me, meaning giving me power, and support me after I've suffered a little bit. Now, I just want to come on and speak my truth tonight also. Um, and when I speak, say speak my truth, that doesn't, I'm not going against anything in the word of God. But I just want to tell you the truth about what's going on uh, for me. I was not going to do this podcast. <laughs> um, and I know that I love doing these podcasts because I get to share what I've learned and what I'm experiencing with other believers or people who probably aren't believers and just encourage somebody but I know that every time I have to do a podcast I have to confront myself I have to confront all those all those things I try to hide all those thought processes and 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 patterns in my life that should not be there I have to look at that and I didn't want to look at it I mean, especially with this topic being truth, that means I have to look at the truth of what the word of God says and who Jesus is and not consider my feelings as the truth because our feelings are deceptive. They change like from one minute to another. You know, I can be mad at you one minute and the next minute I'm perfectly fine because I got over it and say that, you know, oh, I came to the truth. The reality is we can't trust our feelings, but we can trust in God. But this week I was not trying to do that. I was not mentally prepared. I was scared. I was scared because I didn't know what I was going to encounter if I started reading the word of God and he started reading me. And we know that the Bible says that the word of God is alive and active. So that means, yes, it, you know, was the truth in the past but it's also true now it is alive and active right now sharper than a double-edged sword so if it's sharper than a double-edged sword that means it's going to cut into me and cut out those pieces that should not be there jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches and he will prune whatever parts of us that needs to be pruned and i was not trying to be pruned i was scared but how many of us know that if we if we want to grow, if we want to grow to be more like Jesus, then we have to be pruned. We have to accept his truth, and that's what we have to walk in. And you know, I was I was about to break down because in the midst of realizing how scared I was, I also realized that God has started a work in me, but he's gonna keep doing it because of how much he loves me. And it's not just me that he loves, but he loves all of you guys too. He loves us just because that's that's who he is. Jesus is love. And when you love somebody, you don't want them to stay the same way that they are. You want them to grow. 
You want them to become better versions of themselves. And that is what Jesus is all about. Jesus wants to sanctify us with his word. He wants to sanctify us and make us righteous by his truth. And his truth is that he came down onto this earth. He died for us because he loves us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves you even though you keep waking up in that dude's bed, even though you said you're not going to do it. He loves you even though you keep grabbing that bottle and you know that you're not supposed to do that. And you and you just keep you know thinking the same negative suicidal thoughts in the time all the time he still loves you he loves you and he wants to save you and the truth is that you are his child if you don't have a father if you don't have a mother jesus is all all of that and more he will show you what true love is he tells you what true love is in his word He will not start something in your heart and not finish it. His word says he came to seek and save the lost. He came for the Jews originally. Those were God's people. And then when Jesus came, God says, I want all of them. I want all of you. He says, so, so God so loved the world. He wants all of us. All of us. This Christian walk is hard. Getting to know God is hard. But just know that you are not doing it alone. Not only do you have people all over the world who are going through what you're going through, but Jesus himself personally will come down and save the day. So be confident. Be convinced of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 1, verse 6. Now, uh, as I said before, truth has a lot to it, and I want to continue talking about this next week. But before I close this up, I just want to pray with all of you. Father God, I thank you for who you are and for the truths that you are revealing to me and to all of us. I thank you for your guiding word and your loving spirit of truth. I thank you because you've loved us enough to free us and not leave us as slaves to the enemy and his works. Lord, I ask that you forgive us, that you start a new work within us, Father God. Lord, please create in us a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Lord, I ask that you bless each and every person who is listening. Cover them with your peace and comfort. And I pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I hope that the work that God has started into you in you tonight is one that you feel strongly and that you can walk in this truth. If you have any questions, if you need me to pray for you, you can send me an email. And that email is theway.20, the word, 20, the number, at gmail.com and that's t-h-e-w-a-y dot t-w-e-n-t-y two zero at gmail.com I love you and God bless